he knew it was a dangerous journey. It would take months to get home from New Orleans, home to Kentucky. He had arrived in New Orleans by boat. He was a distiller and built a simple vessel to take his goods downriver. But with nothing to power his boat except the current, his flat boat was a one-way ticket to New Orleans. He had already made his way safely down the river, looking out for abandoned boats that could block his path, or worse, river pirates. Now that he had sold his bourbon, he needed to get home to his family. If he hiked north from New Orleans back to Kentucky, people would assume he was carrying a sack full of money. He knew he'd be a target. He'd be robbed, probably killed. He searched New Orleans for the fastest horse available. If his horse was faster than anything the bandits had, then he had a better chance of getting home alive. And once he was home, he had a fast horse to breed and race. That's how the Bluegrass State became known for two things, horses and bourbon. Well, this is the legend. And while there is probably some truth to it, as all legends go, it's only part of the story. The horse racing industry in Kentucky grew at the same time as the bourbon industry. Many distillers were also known for their stables of thoroughbred horses. There's a lot of disputes about exactly when the first bourbon was made, but experts believe bourbon in Kentucky evolved rather than was created by one or more individuals. And as people moved from Pennsylvania to Kentucky to avoid the whiskey excise tax in the late 1700s, the evolution of bourbon began. The bourbon industry has faced challenges over the centuries, but today the industry is booming and Briggs of Burton are supporting Kentucky distilleries steeped in history and tradition, as well as new businesses emerging along the bourbon trail to prepare for the future. Welcome to the Distillers Journal podcast. I'm Rian Owen. And I'm Tim Sheehan. And we're taking you to Kentucky. Famous for its bourbon, this is an industry so rich in history, tradition, stories and legends. And where, still today, Logan Cordell from Briggs of Burton, a one-stop shop for turnkey distillery engineering equipment, says, word of mouth is priceless. Word of mouth is really big, especially for the distillery industry, right? A lot of these distilleries, they've been around for a long time. Tradition is really steeped into not only like their way of lives and the bourbon as well. There's a lot of history that goes into some of these bourbons. You know, specifically, if you look at a lot of Buffalo Traces, different expressions that they have, you know, a really big uh, popular one is like Pappy Van Winkle. It's huge because there's so much tradition that's put in there. With that, with a lot of this tradition, they have a lot of the similar ways that they want to make the bourbon, right? This bourbon has been made a certain way for who knows how long, decades long. Now with Briggs being sort of new in North America, then word of mouth becomes really important for us, right? We That's how these people get business is, hey, these people helped with this project. How about we use Briggs on the next one? But Briggs is not necessarily new globally, right? A lot of these businesses 
Diageo, Beam Suntory, Brown Foreman, a lot of those, we've worked with them globally in Scotland, Ireland, and Mexico to build out their Scotch distilleries or in Mexico work on their tequila distilleries. And so it's good to have that word of mouth globally to be able to promote Briggs and say, Briggs helps in Mexico, maybe they can help with the bourbon industry as well. The Kentucky bourbon industry has had a stellar year with no sign of slowing down. According to the governor of Kentucky, Andy Bashir, 2022 was the best year for growth of its bourbon and spirits industry, with over $2.1 billion in new investments and 700 jobs created. But for an industry so steeped in tradition, with historical distilleries across the region, as well as many small, newer craft distilleries, this poses an interesting logistical challenge. How's Kentucky going to meet the demand? Yeah, I think that's a pretty interesting question. And it comes down to basically what the distillers that are already in place, you know, what they're going to how they're going to approach that, right? So if you look at bourbon whiskey, about 95% of the world supply comes from Kentucky. And so with that, we have 95% of the current supply is coming from what we have right now. As it's ramping up, are the distilleries going to increase their capacity or is that going to make a market for these newer, maybe smaller craft distilleries come in? Or are we still going to be dominated by the larger brands? Logan works at Briggs the Burton's Louisville, Kentucky office as a process engineer. He explains that Briggs has been working in North America for four decades, designing, building and constructing the biggest breweries and distilleries. With a base in Louisville, they are near to customers in Kentucky. Briggs has experienced working with large distilleries on building completely new distilleries on a greenfield site, as well as working with smaller craft distilleries. So with um, the bourbon demand being there, we have some projects that we would work with the, uh, the bigger brands, either on like a greenfield distillery, which would mean a new distillery starting from nothing to a new distillery, or we have some of the smaller craft ones that we can work on as well. It's estimated that in the Kentucky bourbon industry, they're planning to spend about $3.3 billion in the next five years on expansions and improvement projects. And we were hearing that from our customers. But across the world, industries are grappling with supply chain demands, which threaten to hinder growth. While this poses logistical challenges for many, Lindsay Parker, the lead process and design engineer at Briggs, explains that the company is well-placed to tackle such issues. What is unique about Briggs is that we have within our portfolio of companies, McMillan, who can construct these copper spills where we can work with them directly in the design and supply of this equipment. So it is another option we offer versus working with an additional third-party company beyond I guess just ourselves. Kentucky's bourbon industry has been in an accelerating growth phase. It's a hot commodity and distillers want to capitalise on its popularity right now. When you're looking at bourbon as a whole, we're seeing a big boost in the past probably like couple of decades, right? Like maybe 20 years or so. And the key is to strike when the iron's hot, right? And you have to think about whiskey. Uh, and bourbon specifically, you have to age it in order to sell it as bourbon. So with that, you have to age minimum of two years, but a lot of our bourbon is, uh, that people make is gonna be probably around six years is probably a good average. But what you have to think about is basically our lead time. So when a, when a client is looking to expand, 
and they're looking to expand like now, right? If our uh, if the procurement time or the lead time on these stills is two years, which is what we're we're seeing from a lot of the suppliers around Kentucky, is maybe minimum a year, maybe two years to get a new still to make more bourbon. Well, then now you have to age that bourbon minimum of two more years. You're looking to not make a product or make any profit for four more years. Whereas with Briggs, like Lindsay was mentioning, we have a company, Macmillan, which is in Scotland, and they can make traditional pot stills or they can make column stills for our clients. And with that, we have our lead times that are very competitive to where we could probably get the, the still and get it shipped to them within that year. And then we can also help them on the commissioning side as well. Once we sell the stills to them and we can get it on sites, then we can help them start running it, make sure that everything works well. Yet, while distillers are keen to ramp up their production and meet consumer needs, Lindsay explains that it's important to understand the customer's end game before solutions can be put in place, such as carbon reduction, increased production, improved safety, increased uptime, or a combination of these. After that, there are specific technologies that may come to mind, some we know in the area, some completely new. The customer might have some ideas when they started looking at it. It's important to get an understanding of you know, what their expectations are but also bringing our experience to the table. So other times you have a customer come in and they want some or all of these things and they, they just don't know where to start. So then it's our kind of, what we do is take that customer on the journey and we find a supplier that kind of best suits their facility. A lot of our customers respect our approach and open-mindedness because we don't really have a one-size-fits-all. Lindsay says they're adaptable, flexible to each customer's needs. She says that one of the best parts of the job is that every job is different, that you can find an engineering solution that is different every single day. And Logan adds that what makes Kentucky unique to best available technology solutions is the tradition of bourbon and how every distillery has its own identity. You know, you'll have these stills that they have like a specific dent in it. And if they want to get another still, they want it made exactly like that with that, you know, dent in it, because that's how the bourbon's been made for, you know, a hundred years or so. And that's, that's kind of the, it's the blessing and the curse when it comes to this topic, because yes, we want to have the best available technology. Will that affect the quality of the bourbon? That's really what our clients are, that's the question that they're asking us the most. And so with that, we have to come with these ideas of, uh, with our clients saying, you know, this is, you know, this new steam system or this new carbon reduction system, it is quote unquote, the best available technology. It'll reduce your emissions. It's going to make it more efficient. And you have to work with the client to understand, is that going to affect the quality or not? And that's the line that Briggs works with the client. And that's why we have this, what we would say bespoke which is a, an English word, but Americans would say just a custom approach to how we would work with our clients. This brings us nicely onto automation. Logan explains that there are two types of distilleries that exist in Kentucky. The traditional ones, the big names that people hear all the time, such as Buffalo Trace and Marcus Mark, then newer distilleries like Rabbit Hole that really emphasise the idea that they're newer, up to date, 
futuristic. If we're talking about the new distilleries, automation is a requirement. You know, they, they're looking to make it as efficient as possible, clean, as safe as possible. Because there's not a, like a, to be honest, there's not a marketing aspect to have the tradition of rabbit hole when it's only been around, you know, not 50 years. But when it comes to these older distilleries, it really is about the tradition. There's, there's something that I really think that's the pool when it comes to bourbon is that you're not just drinking a spirit, but you also have the history of all of the, the spirit that came before it, right? And with those, those kind of clients, you do have to toe the line of where's automation necessary and where is it not? It's gonna be more efficient, but does that take away from the character or the quality of the spirit? And that's the sort of things that we have to talk with the client. And just reiterating what I've said before, that's what makes Briggs unique, is that we do understand the nuances that comes to each distillery, whether they are a, a new distillery and want top of the line, fully automated production, that's something that Briggs can help with and definitely do. But if it also is a, a client that is, is has that history and doesn't want things automated, we can piece together something that's like, okay, well, your CIP system should probably be automated because like we mentioned before, the cleanliness, sanitary, and safety. But if it comes to some of the, the valves and throttling different things that you can add that unique variation to the raw material and stuff like that, that you want to put into your whiskey, then we can also work with those kind of clients as well. And when it comes to cleaning in place, or CIP, Briggs has seen an increased demand for its hygienic design and CIP system design experience in the industry. With historical distilleries looking at upgrading their facilities and putting in automated CIP. We're talking about distilleries in Kentucky and they have some heritage to where when they were first being made, there was no automation in the CIP systems, right? So, and CIP uh, cleaning in place, so that means that uh, you don't have to take apart the equipment, get in there and like, you know, rinse it down or anything. You can clean it while it's still in the process. And it's really important for safety. You don't have to get people inside the equipment and it prevents from having, you know, maybe there's some near misses that come with that. But it also helps with hygiene as well by not having people open it up and everything and you can keep the process contained. It makes it more hygienic for the process. But what we're seeing is with some of these distilleries, when they were created, this type of automation, computers and all that stuff, they weren't around then and you had to do it manually. And a lot of distilleries are still operating that way. So with the client that I'm most recently thinking about is currently with their existing distillery, they operate everything in hand or manually. You know, they have to turn on all the valves, go in there, clean it, turn it off and everything. But what we're noticing is a lot of automation coming into these CIP systems so that you can look at it safely remotely. You can operate this cleaning system to where it's more clean because it doesn't have a human influence there. It's safer because it can be operated remotely and it improves efficiency. There's less downtime with having to turn off the whole system, go in there and do everything. Ultimately, Logan says they're seeing three big advantages to these new CIP solutions. It's safer, it increases the efficiency of production, and it's cleaner all round. Lindsay also says that Briggs were recently approached by one of the biggest selling bourbon whiskey brands to help resolve their issue with biofilm forming on their distillery tanks. With just some simple changes to their cleaning process, we saw a result in huge cost savings in their company. 
So this is why Briggs is seeing an increased demand for its hygienic design and CIP system design experience in the industry as we've seen such large advantages it brings. If you ask any distillery in Kentucky what they are planning for the future, Lindsay says it's growth. They're expecting to grow. And they need to think about that now. They need to build that in now in order to future-proof their business. Very rarely does a distillery require less production in the future. You're always looking to expand, expand, expand. So if you are going to take that kind of next step and say, I'm going to upgrade this area of my plant before like going ahead and, and installing it, it is important to think, well, is there anything I'm going to do in the future, whether that be next year, a few months, next year, or in a few years that I can do now that's going to make my kind of life a little bit easier to put in the expansion that's going to come in a bit further down the line. So just taking maybe that extra moment to think about it then to save you quite a bit of time in the future. As distillers plan for continued thriving bourbon sales, Briggs of Burton are ready. The distillers that they are working with in Kentucky are looking to them for help with master planning and identifying ways to reduce water and energy from their bourbon whiskey production and to achieve their ambitious sustainability targets. Logan says it's a truly exciting time for Kentucky's bourbon industry, which has been through so many peaks and troughs, and its rich history, as well as the popularity of the bourbon trail, all contribute to making the businesses and the drinks themselves so different and full of character. And Briggs get it. They're creating bespoke or custom solutions for clients big and small, new and old. So having these different different distilleries, even though they're all, it's really interesting with bourbon, there's so many different, uh, what do you call it, restrictions, characteristics to bourbon about where it has to be made, what the, the mash bill or recipe can be, how long it has to be aged, where where it can be aged, all that kind of stuff. But there's still all these little different things that make it each bottle a little different. And our clients definitely understand that. And that's what that's kind of like part of their mission statement, you know, is to like make something that's unique and more of an art rather than just something to consume. The Distillers Journal podcast is a production of Reby Media, produced and hosted by me, Rian Owen, and co-hosted by Tim Sheehan. Sound engineering is by Ross McPherson, series supervision by John Young, with executive producer Rory Harris. Special thanks to our episode partner, Briggs of Burton. Thank you for listening. You can find us on all podcast apps and on our website, distillersjournal.info.